Bell's really the one of the few fast food places that still really experiments. It's the backbone of America. And I really appreciate that. Oh, nice. And they do it well. It's not stupid experiments. Right. When they have those chicken tacos mm-hmm. with the chickens on the outside. That's brilliant. It's so They're so good, too. It's, like, so smart. And they were, like, spicy. And, like, the idea of making the shell out of Doritos. That's... Oh, yeah. That's like... That's the smartest pair-up ever. That's the kind of thinking that put a man on the moon. Whereas, they did that thing at Burger King where it was like they were working with Cheetos. Yeah. And they were like mac and cheese inside Cheetos, and they didn't even sell mac and cheese at Burger King. So I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Like, where are you... You have to ship in a whole new product. It's not a good idea. You're doing a bad job. This is not how you do product integration. I forgot to make all of my things the same font and the same size (laughs) so I can read it. Mm, gotcha. Because I copy paste them from other websites, and so they're all like <laughs> weird colors and weird sizes and weird fonts, and I'm like, no. You keep it the same, but then change your voice. Whenever. <laughs> Every time I get to a new one. Yeah. Like when it's like pink and small, you sound like. And then it gets like big and bold, you're like, and then everyone dies. <laughs> they're like informing how I communicate it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Like the text is yelling, so then you yell. Yeah, of course. Hello, people. Hello, party people. Party people in the house, let's rock. Are you spooked? Whoop, there it is. Don't throw trash at me. <laughs> Please don't throw trash at me. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, so this is hysterical history. <laughs> I'm Alexis. I'm Haley. And um, first I have to tell you, I just learned about... Um, the opponent to Ted Cruz, do you know his name? Which one? F- running in Texas. Everyone opposes Ted Cruz. <laughs> no, who's running against him in Everyone Texas? Everyone hates Ted Cruz. Do you know his name? Uh, no, I don't. It's Beto. <laughs> That's his first name. Oh, I thought it was like one word, like Cher? No. It's just, and now, Beto. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, I mean, can't be worse than Ted. Beto. But I just saw a whole lot of people saying, vote Beto. <laughs> On, like, my favorite muck duck because oh, they were, they're from Texas. Yeah. And apparently he could win, which would be exciting. Because would be. wouldn't we love the Zodiac Killer to not be <laughs> in office uh, anymore? Anymore. After what he's done. Wake up, sheeple. He ate my son. <laughs> he ate my son. Dude, the, that's the best thing I've ever seen. It's the they're, worst. They're, the posters people bring to his campaign rallies <laughs> are remarkable. Uh, this man ate my son. And take that as your reminder to vote so uh, that serial vote. killers aren't in power. Yeah. If any, you're in America, anymore. vote. If you can vote in your country, vote when it's time. Yeah. Um, if you can't vote, sorry. Sorry. Bring out the trebuchet and soon you too will be able to vote. That's right. Not trebuchet. Mm, I mean, you could, bring out, you could bring out a trebuchet. Guillotine? Yeah, guillotine. I'm thinking <laughs> of trebuchet because of the... Yes. The... Jack. Jack. You don't know Jack. Because he's Jack. Because of Jack. You know Jack. You guys don't know Jack. Anyway. (laughs) We know know Jack, though. It's spoopy time. (laughs) It's our last spoopy. So spoopy scary. Spoopers. And today we're talking about the scariest man of all. Ted Cruz. (laughs) No. Beetle. Johan Conrad (laughs) Dibble. He 
who, who is probably one of Johann Sebastian Bach's many sons. <laughs> many minions. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he because uh, if you guys didn't know, Johann Sebastian Bach, if you're not really into classical music, he never produced sexually. He was an asexual mm-hmm. creature. Yep. He just kind of little polyps would yep. build and split off of him. Yeah, like Athena out yeah. of Zeus's head. Mm-hmm. But much nastier. Yeah, not nearly as beautiful and precious. So that said, let's talk about one of these polyps and what happened to him. So I, I want to up top. Up, up top, thank, down low? Uh, a woman named Katie Carr. Thanks, Katie. Because Katie Carr did an article for the London School of Economics about Johann Conrad Dippel. That's awesome. And it is the only <laughs> uh, source I can find. That has reliable information with cited sources yeah. on the internet. You guys should have heard it. Alexa was like, have you ever heard of this guy? I'm like, I don't think so. It's like, none of the none of the things I'm reading have any citations. They're yeah. all terrible. They, and they all basically say the same thing. And it was mm-hmm. getting to the point where I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to make it into an episode, but it was too late for me to research anything else. <laughs> it's too late. So thank Only you, w- Katie, for really helping me out. Only the way out is through Kate. <laughs> and she's got quotes from other people about him, so then I didn't have to go read all of the things that she read in order to get the quotes. And I'm like, thank you. There's something about spoopy topics, because this sounds like mm-hmm. what I had to do with Elizabeth. Totally. We're like, no one, everyone's just parroting each other. Yeah. The weirdest thing they can find, and then no one's citing any of it. Pro mm. tip for college students, though. Uh-huh. Um, find an article like this for whatever you're researching, and then obviously, like, you should follow their uh, sources. But also, you can cite sources and not um, directly quote them. You yeah. can just cite them as, like, I read this. Mm-hmm. So you could just also cite them if someone else did. Yeah. <laughs> you don't actually have to have read them either. <laughs> it's fine. You should read them. It, they could help. But, but you don't. When If you're on a time crunch and you got to get that. And you just got to beef up that bib a little bit. I uh, just got to get it out. Add some it's, stuff. Um, it's real easy. Yeah. It's real and easy. And really, whatever your topic is, everyone is reading the same stuff pretty much. Yeah. You're so, just joining uh, the conversation. You're pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Unless you're, you know, doctorate level doing original research, then there's not like a whole lot. You right. probably already know personally all the people who cited those things. It's true. It's really hard to get away with stuff when... <laughs> it's really hard to get away from people when you get that specific. Yeah. Uh, everyone's going to know you, which is why academia is so scary. It's true. There's no escaping it. But Katie Carr, specifically, she was a student at London School of Economics, and she wrote this thing about Johann Conrad Dippel because, uh, I have a quote from these people who are writing things, Mm -hmm. that says, throughout 2013, so a while ago, we are... History. Hysterical history. (laughs) Uh, It says, we are running a series of articles examining the lives of people, both famous and infamous, who have made a historical contribution to surgery. In the uh, Journal of Economics or whatever this was? She's a student at the London School of Economics. Okay. But, yes. They were running articles about people who had some involvement in surgery. I love when you're researching something and you get the best sources from things, from people who are studying something, like, completely different. Oh, yeah. It's great. Like, uh, I don't know if I've talked about it here, but I had to do a paper for one of my medieval history classes. Mm -hmm. And I got, like, one of my best sources was from, like, the UK uh, Crime Statistic Journal or something. That's awesome. Uh, Because it was, like, studying, like, how crime changes between different eras and, like, urban versus rural. I'm like, this is great. I'm totally using this. Super dope. I love it. Uh, So think outside the box. This is going to be, like, 
college students? Yes. This Wait. is your instructions today. <laughs> uh, you're getting, you're not quite at the end of the semester, but you're getting there. So uh, clue in. The scariest thing of all is college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, ah, uh, real life is scarier. Uh, graduating from college. That's the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, Johann Conrad Dippel, <laughs> Mr. Dippel, was born on August 10th in 1673. He's a Scorpio? Sure. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I don't think that's right. I think October is a uh, Scorpio. Dude, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Um, But he was a German pietist theologian. Bless you. Alchemist and mm. physician. Cool. Lots of things. What year was this? He was born in 1673. Okay, no, that's that's fine. Um, however, the reason we're talking about him specifically is because uh, Dippel was born at Castle Frankenstein, ooh, which is near Mühltal and Darmstadt. It's German. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah, I've never really thought about there being a real Castle Frankenstein, but ooh, there sure is. Now, now that I think about it, it probably wouldn't be in Spain. No. Or France. <laughs> oh. Well, you're like, it's German. I'm like, oh, yeah, that For makes sense. For some reason, I think because of Vlad the Impaler, mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, farther south. Sure. So I thought it was, like, in Romania or something. Yeah. Or something more just, like, Russian-y. Yeah. But when you're, like, Frankenstein, you're like, yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty Germanic. Right. right. Pretty Germanic. So, Not, yeah. Frankenstein's castle is on a hilltop in the Odenwald mountain range that overlooks the city of... Um, Darmstadt in Germany. Yeah. I can't speak German, so... <laughs> it is the most beautiful language. Your language ears are going to bleed. It's so beautiful. Sorry. Um, also, this one article wants me to know, it's a real place. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. We're not making it up. Um, and it's about five kilometers south of Darmstadt. Uh, it was built around 1250. Okay. So it's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, and it, one of my quotes says, produced feisty Frankenstein nights throughout the Middle Ages. <laughs> oh, they, had, they hit, like, uh, prime crusade ages. They're like, we need the feistiest the boys feistiest we nights. can to go fight the infidels. One of whom went to war against Vlad the Impaler. Well, there you go. So look at that. The, it all connects. The nastiest of blasphemers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Conrad was born there. And he was the son of a Lutheran minister who lived at Castle Frankenstein. There you go. Uh, I have a quote that says, He was the kind of son the son dads worry about. <laughs> uh, Restless, inquiring, independent, and constantly challenging authority. Dad should worry about all their sons, but that one is especially... He's a challenge boy. That one is a challenging which boy. when you have... <laughs> Um, three generations of your family as Lutheran ministers presents mm. a problem. There's always got to be one. Yeah. Problem child. Yeah. So, in order to um, tame the boy. Impossible. He gets sent to, you know, do his father's work and become a minister. Oh, that's get a, not Get good. a degree in theology. Uh-oh. Like you're supposed to. Uh-oh. Not like this. Um... He really is proud of being born in Castle Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. Uh, so much so that he takes the name upon him in a lot of ways. Like, he gets the addendum at school, (laughs) my quote says, Frankensteinesis. Oh, it sounds like he's sick. I agree. And at university, they call him Frankensteina Stratomotanus. Nerds. (laughs) 
You know when you're in college and people are just throwing, like, sick nicknames around? Oh, man. There was one girl in our college dorm that we called Boots because she had a pair of boots. Yeah. <laughs> you remember Boots. good in those boots. You remember Boots. I but, do. But we uh, we never called anyone Frankenstein, Ixen, alias, archaeology. Stradimontanus. Stradivarius. Montanus. Montanus. Um, he, apparently from a different article I got, he also went by Conrad Frankensteina. I mean, it's better. It's more precise, and it has a name in it, <laughs> so that's nice. Sounds like a real name and not uh, something terrible happening to your intestines. <laughs> it's true. So he goes to the University of Geisen mm-hmm. um, to study theology, and while he's there, he develops a reputation, uh, <laughs> says, for being an unusually gifted intellectual. So mm-hmm. he's a smart boy. Yeah. Um, although Johann Christoph Adelung... Who's a teacher? Uh-oh. Or he's a German philologist. Philologist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, says he was of the opinion that the acclaim he received both from his tutors and fellow students encouraged his ego yeah. and rebellious nature. <laughs> yeah. Just so they're like, wow, fuel. you're so smart and capable. And he's like, hell yeah. I knew it. Also, F the police. <laughs> yeah. F the Pope. And but, I mean, he's he, Lutheran. It's fine. He can't just like get on a motorcycle and zoom <laughs> off into the sunset. He sure can't. He so can't. he's got to argue with people about religion. He can't get on the forums and troll people. Yes. He can't open a DeviantArt account and draw all the furries uh, that <laughs> oh, that make him feel special. Nope. This is <laughs> like before, a special boy. This is before that. <laughs> When you have yes. to find more unique ways of rebelling. Like a quote that I have that says, <laughs> In those days, the study of theology was packed with controversy, and that was just what Conrad liked. Yeah. He's like, true. ooh, get me in there. It always so is. So in a way, it was actually probably bad that his dad sent him to get his degree in theology mm-hmm. because there is a large uproar at the time about, like, what's the right way to be? There always is. There, there always is, is, but, like, I feel especially in the, like, in... Like, after the Renaissance, sure. we get into, like, Enlightenment time. Yeah. Because there's so many people saying, like, we don't need religion. And then because of that, all the people in religion are trying to figure out how to do it right. Everyone's freaking out. Yeah. We haven't had to face this argument how before. How do we do it correctly? <laughs> no one's been bold enough to just say it isn't real. It's not there. <laughs> Come on. We, we usually just burn them when they say that. So he uses, or he earns a master's degree in theology. And he starts to, like, travel around and preach to people. He produces over 70 works. Um, Uh So he writes a lot. And, um, you know, people are listening. So that's cool. And he likes that, obviously. It sounds like his podcast. Yeah, basically. People are listening. People are listening. People are tuning in. Um, That's how podcasts used to be. You had to travel (laughs) all around the country. You get a master's. And just random people listen to you. And they might just leave in the middle because they don't like it. You're the the weird person on the box shouting at passersby. That's your podcast. That's your podcast. <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, that was kind of our first podcast, except we were in a car. Yeah. And, and they, it was more controlled. And they couldn't escape. They couldn't That's get true. Out. They could not escape. We were taxiing mm. them around <laughs> for uh, safety. For for their own safety. Yes. They could not leave. <laughs> um. And he's, he was involved in a lot of uh, public disputes, which I think is unsurprising. Yeah. Um, including an infamous clash with Conrad Broske. Broske? Too many. Brosk? <laughs> too many Conrads. I mean, it's because we're still in Germany. Um, who refused to publish Dippel's paper called The Scourging Papacy of the Protestants. Ooh. 
because of what he considered to be offensive content. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, so they get in a big public argument about it because he won't publish his paper. I love academic arguments. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> So good. So Dipple studies theology, philosophy, um, and well, this, sorry, this source says that he studied alchemy there too. I have a different one that says he didn't study alchemy until later. Okay. So, but it's, he gets into alchemy is the point. Yeah. Um, also, he publishes all those theological works under the name Christianus Democritus. Hmm. Not Frankenstein Superman Third. Batman copyright symbol. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Your friend Jesus. No. Um, but most of them are still preserved, so if you want to look them up, you can read them. Ooh, I'm hankering. Oh, man. I'm hankering. But, yeah, just know that Christianus <laughs> Democritus is him. Just know it's very inflammatory. <laughs> he's trying to troll you. So he's a proponent of pietism which is like a form of um lutheranism or the lutheran church sure um but it's criticized by them because they think uh my quote says it's too realistic and too inaccessible to the ordinary layman Mm. but really as far as i could read what it means is like pietism is more about um like self-sacrifice to God and just, like, being loving in general, and it's a lot less about going to church. Yeah, the common person's never going to get the... It's all about not going to church, and so, like, basically it's like, how are they going to govern their own souls? Right, because the church doesn't... The church wants power. Yes. Uh, And And, and people. Yeah. That's why why they didn't like Lutheranism in the first place. It gave the people too much power. And he's basically saying, like, you don't even have to go to church. You can just, like, hang Uh, out and feel good and just, like, you know, self-sacrifice things of God all by yourself. It's good he's such a rowdy boy because someone could kill him for that. (laughs) That is a very dangerous thought to have. That is a very dangerous thought to have. Yeah. So, yeah, pietists generally believe you do good deeds, um, and that's more important than attending services. Okay. Which is fair. Sure. Um, and they wanted more lay participation at church and less harsh less harsh attitudes towards non-believers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Lutheran church not excited about it. No. <laughs> They're not interested. They're like, this gets people to not come to service. And they're like, yeah. yeah, it's the idea. You just, yeah. You do you. And they're like, get out, hippie. So, um, you know, people start not being so cool about him and his theological writings. Mm -hmm. They already weren't super into it. And then now he's, like, doing this. And so a lot of Lutherans are looking at him over their glasses like, "Mm mm-mm. Boy. (laughs) And so... um, His dad's like, I've made a terrible mistake. Right. And and it ends up that, like, uh, there's kind of conflicting sources about it, but either... He's getting into legal trouble because of it in Probably. different countries. Sure. Or, or that might be related to something else later. <laughs> um, it's differing accounts. Hard, hard to say. But either way, it seems that this is no longer making him money. And mm. he's got to have money, yeah. of course. And he's very concerned his whole life about like not making money, which is fair. Yeah. And so uh, he kind of puts this aside and he starts working on alchemy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a quote that says, <laughs> I love it. He's like, I need money. I should do the thing where you can turn stuff into gold. Yeah. Money. What a idiot. I have a quote that says, having devoted minimal time to alchemy at Geisen <laughs> University, he nevertheless lectured on the topic too, again, relying on his natural intellect. The thing about 
<laughs> alchemy and sciences that aren't real sciences, you don't have to know anything. It's true. Yeah. And you can still make money. Mm-hmm. Magical. Um, but this isn't surprising to a lot of his contemporaries at the time because I have a quote from Sir Waldorf Davies that says... Uh, Delicious. Whenever... <laughs> Waldorf salad. <laughs> says, whenever Dipple was given the recipe for a pudding, he would almost immediately attempt to write a cookery book. Hmm. So he thinks if he's given the most minimal information that he can, like, expound on it with his natural smart brain. Yeah. Which I want to let you know, just because you're smart doesn't (laughs) mean you know everything. His natural smart brain. His natural smartitude will carry Mm -hmm. him through. Um, Only for so long, which is why he keeps flip-flopping. Yeah, and why I have mental problems. (laughs) Mental health problems. Because, uh, man, I was so smart when I was a kid, and then now I'm an idiot. It's like, now I don't know how to do things without being smart. Yeah. Now it I sucks. have to, I never learned how I to gotta, work. I gotta try, and it's the worst. No one ever taught me how to try. <laughs> Terrible. I never had to. This podcast is proof that I don't know how to try. <laughs> anyway, after a short visit to Wittenberg, so he's, like, traveling around, I think. Uh, this is when he's still... Um, his journeyman. Reaching. Oh, he, no, he's talking about uh, alchemy and stuff now. Sure. So he goes to Wittenberg, and then he goes to Strasbourg, so German places. He goes to Germany. And he's lecturing about alchemy and chiromancy. Do you yeah. know what chiromancy is? Uh, I thought I did. It's not cards, is it? No, that's cardomancy. It's palm reading. Palm reading. Cairo mm. means hand. Mm. Does it? <laughs> does it? No, it Who knows? Because, like, when you do chiral molecules, <laughs> and they're the hands, it's the. Because it does this and not this. Right. All I can think about is the Walter White explanation. Yes. And he's like, oh, hands. I'm like, yes. oh, look at me learning chemistry from Breaking Bad. No, I. So, when I was in college, mm-hmm. when I was in uh, at Big Bend for my undergrad, or my, my associates, I should say, um, my teacher, Mr. Peterson, was the cutest man in the world. He was mm-hmm. tiny. He was like. 410. Oh my god. And gosh. he wore his pants like up to underneath <laughs> his nipples basically. Amazing. And he and he kind of had a little slouch. So he was even shorter looking. It's like a cartoon. He had a, he had a big beard and glasses and tiny little eyes. Wow. And um he really really cared about people learning chemistry. Yeah. And like in the positive way. He really wanted people to learn, which I was like that's so nice. I don't think I've ever met a teacher who more who took it more upon themselves as being the reason why people weren't learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized my shirt's inside out. It's too late. And keep going. It. Keep going. Move on. Anyway. Um, <laughs> gotta roll with it. Yes, and. Yes, but, and. <laughs> yes, and. No, but. I gotta switch my shirt. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but he we, he was trying to explain to us chiral molecules before, right? And really, the only way to do that is with your hands. Mm-hmm. Because basically, it's like molecules that look the same if you lay them on top of each other in a specific way. Mm-hmm. But if you flip them the other way, they don't line up. Yeah. So they're not the same, but they can share like similar like processes and you can switch them mm-hmm. to be the other one. So you can... There's, there's like a famous one that I don't remember what it is, but when you switch it, it like turns into a specific smell. So it's like really obvious that it's switched. Like the mm. two smells are very different. It's like one of them's mint and one of them's like something else. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I remember in class he was like trying to explain it and like, and he was like, okay, does everyone understand? And everyone except one woman raised her hand and she's like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to explain it again. And then he's like, does that make sense? And like specifically to her. And she's like, no, like I still have no idea. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh. and he's like, okay. 
He's like, I should have brought my models. <laughs> he's so cute. Because he he's like, they're in my office, but they're not ready. Oh, I thought about bringing him in, and, and he's I like, didn't. I'll, I'll bring Ugh. him in. He's like, I'll bring him in next class, and we can work on it. But, like. He didn't um, give up. No, and, like, when he would fail at, ex- like, fail, I should say, explaining, mm-hmm. like, that's how he treated it. He would go, oh, right. let me try again. I He would even say, like, yeah. I must have explained it wrong. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I must not be doing very well. Right. It's not because the other person's yes. at fault. It was it's like, never mm-hmm. the student's fault. It was always his fault. Right. Because I, he, it's his job to explain it. Yeah. I need to find a new way to explain it to you. And I was like, what a lovely creature. It's very good. He's so good. But anyway. Rest in peace. He's not dead. I don't think. I hope not. Um, Dedicated to his memory. <laughs> Mr. I, Peterson. I have to look up if he's dead after this. Uh-oh. Um, Take this out if he, he is. He shouldn't be. Um, anyway, chiromancy. <laughs> so he's explaining to them how you turn lead into gold and how you read palms and stuff. Yeah. The same, basically knows. the same topic. He knows. Yeah. I mean, at the time, <laughs> alchemy's filled with weird things. It is. Um, it's like if chemistry had no rules. It's like if chemistry was magic. And you just made it up. Right. And no one could double check your work because that's made up. <laughs> it's so true. The scientific process doesn't exist yet. Um, I have a quote that says, his head strong in your face style brought him a lot of heat from the authorities. <laughs> a lot of heat. <laughs> Government trying to get you down. Oh, my gosh. Um, in 1702, he's forbidden to publish any more works on theology. Whoa, by who? The, like the I'm government? assuming the German government says, Oh my no. gosh, the king's like, quit it. He's banished from Geisen, where he went to school. <laughs> <laughs> Wittenberg, Stroudsburg, Berlin, and the countries of Sweden and Russia. What? And in Schweinsteig-Holstein, he was thrown into prison for seven years. What a baller. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, this is the man you like now. Him? I, now I kind of like him. I don't really like him, but I do think he's funny and weird. Now, like, that's, gosh, how cool would it be if you were the kind of guy who got banned from your own university? They're like, nah, no. No, thanks. Well, he's banned from the town. I don't know if he's banned from the university. <laughs> from the town, but... that's even better. <laughs> like, what if we could, we could never go back to, like, eastern <laughs> Washington? <laughs> I mean, I need to go back to Eastern Washington. My family lives there. And they're like, no, you're not allowed. You're no, banned. I, I you're banned. <laughs> I'm, I'm you're... fine if I can never go to Pullman. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not allowed back to Milwaukee. Not that I don't like Pullman, but, you know. There's nothing there. It's not a big... Uh, it's just the it's, college. It's not a loss. We should go sometime, We though. should. Visit. The town next door has good bagels. That's true. <laughs> Moscow, man. We went through a whole scary trip through Idaho just so we could get those bagels on the way to Bo- Boise. We almost died twi- at least three times. I also, I don't think we've talked about this on the show before, but we accidentally interrupted a, a Native American funeral procession. Yeah, I think it cursed us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. We, uh, we, we went through like a Satan town in the mountains, uh. and then we almost got uh, hit by a deer right outside our destination. <laughs> but it was just me going, no. <laughs> so we uh, were really sorry about interrupting that procession. We didn't realize. I didn't know what it was. We didn't realize that that's what it was until we were stuck in it. There's, it was, there's no way around it. Cars were all on the side of the road and I didn't know what was happening. Uh, everyone's going like 12 miles an hour. It was and very confusing. No, it's, we're sorry. Yeah. Whatever tribe that was, we're sorry. We're very sorry. Anyway. Uh, anyway, back to Cursed. Cursed. Um, so Dipple has a lot of enemies now in Europe. So where does he move to? Um, hold on. Finland? Um, so yeah, he gets in prison <laughs> for heresy for seven years. Um, 
Oh, Hagenbach is a Lutheran historian who writes about him. Mm -hmm. And he said of Dippel, one is doubtful whether to place him in the class of pietists or of rationalists, of enthusiasts or of scoffers, of mystics or of free thinkers. What's a scoffer? Is that like an official Lutheran term? I think it's just scoffing. He's just scoffing at religion. Because he started with uh, like, Pietism, like, right. are all of these subsections of Lutheranism? <laughs> no, 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 no. Mystics. Uh, I'm uh, from the scoffers union. <laughs> I'm in the mystic section of Lutheranism. <laughs> Maybe. No, I, I think he's just saying, like, he's hard to categorize. Sure. Like, you're not sure if he's, like, doing this because he, like, really believes in pietism or if he's just trying to be a butthead. Or if, like, he's, he's a, a troll. magical fancy boy. Like, we don't know. Magical fancy troll. <laughs> Um, so after all this, he's kind of like, religion's not the coolest thing in the world Mm -hmm. anymore. They kicked Um, me out. And this fact, I'm pretty sure is true, but this was what I was telling you before. I cannot find anything specific about this. Sure. I'm going to choose to believe it. Yeah. Because it's from my reliable source. Okay. But they didn't give me a footnote for it. And I've Mm. read it in a couple other places, but not all of them. Yeah. So I don't know. But it says, uh, he was blamed for killing a man in a duel. Okay. Which I would really like to know more about. That sounds perfectly within his personality And to then he's do. forced to flee back to Geisen, even though he's not allowed to be there. Maybe this is before that? Mm. I don't really know. There's Weird. not a lot of dates in his information. <laughs> yeah. So it's confusing. Hard to say. But that's when he's like, let's do alchemy instead. I guess theology's out. <laughs> Once you kill a man, it's like, maybe it's time to switch. <laughs> Once you get in prison for seven years for heresy and whole countries are banning you from their country. Sweden won't maybe. let you in. <laughs> or Russia. <laughs> or Russia. Maybe or it's Germany. time. <laughs> well, he's allowed in Germany. <laughs> Just not specific towns. Yeah, certain towns. Maybe it's time to switch professions. So maybe. he's going to be an alchemist now. And even though he doesn't know a lot of alchemy. You don't need to. He's just really confident, though, because he's such, like, an arrogant intellectual a-hole. You just have to... He's so confident that he's going to be able to do it, like, no problem. Like, lead to gold is going to be the easiest cakewalk in the world. All these other idiots who are trying just are dumb, and I'm smart. Go off, Victor. (laughs) Also, uh, he's really into... A few scientists. Specifically, he's into Paracelsus mostly. Which, uh, to call him a scientist is uh, almost fraudulent. I actually need to read you something from Paracelsus' Wikipedia page. Because I wanted to make sure when I mentioned that he was following Paracelsus that I could give you like some facts about Paracelsus and what he believes. It's so great. that you can <laughs> understand great. what Conrad believes. I... I lo- like Paracelsus, Galen, Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Younger. Those, it's like... It's like the trifecta of stupid old things people used to really believe. They're all so dumb and it's so (laughs) non-science, but it makes sense because he's not about science either. Yeah, science does not exist yet. So, first of all, Paracelsus, it's it's so douchey because Mm -hmm. he gave himself that name to sound more Greek. His real name is Philippus Erolius Theophratus... Bombastus von Honheim. He sounds rotund. Just, he's kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of round. There are a lot of, like, round vowel sounds. <laughs> round vowel Round vowel rotund. It's round true. Um, but basically, he's really into, like, the four humors and stuff. Because um, at this point, there's, like, a revival of Greek thought. And 
They thought the Greeks like had figured out everything. Yeah, in the Renaissance, they dis- rediscover all of these Greek texts, mm-hmm. and so a whole bunch of people are like, "Yeah, their philosophy is good," which is good because like that brings a lot of like re interest in philosophy Mm -hmm. and that doesn't super change like the main questions of philosophy are the same right it's all like logic it's basically math with words yeah right however and just like thought in general Mm -hmm. however medicine has changed significantly yeah and so believing stuff that people believed two thousand years ago (laughs) not the smartest thing to do but the greeks were so smart alexis and we're not so smart. We're dirty Germans. Oh, dirty yeah. peasant babies. Yeah, it's real dumb. <laughs> Which is why you should listen to our episode about Ambrose Paré if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of the bridge between all of these dummies who think that, like, the Greek stuff is the business to, like, the scientific method and, mm-hmm. like, actual science. If you look him up, he's, like, the father of, like, 50 different, like, medical things because he's the only one figuring stuff out. Right. And being a smart boy. And he lives to be, like, 80. <laughs> Whereas Paracelsus lives to be, like, 40. So, so uh, suck it. So, you know, one of them's doing something I right. wonder if someone's a healthy boy. Uh, also, like... You know, you can say what you want to or not about, like, religion in these cases, but he's so humble about it. Like, his famous quote is, like, I mended them and God healed them. Oh, that's nice. And I'm like, how lovely. Because a lot of doctors at that time think that they're, like, super powered. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm all-knowing. Uh, and it's like, no, shut up. And the superhero, Leech Man. Right. And his sidekicks, the Four Humors. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so it's, he believes in the Four Humors, which are... Blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile. Yeah. Um, I also read, I don't know if it's him or Galen, but one of them believes in, like, three more humors, which is, like, salt, mercury, and something else. Sure. (laughs) They're going beyond. Yeah. And it's, like, these are the other fluids. It's weird. Yeah. You know, salt, the main fluid. (laughs) The main fluid. That really important. Mercury, really important (laughs) in your body. Yeah. But basically, four humors is, like, you have four kinds of liquids in your body. Yeah. And if they're out of balance, that's why you're sick. And then if we can just correct the balance, then you're better. Mm-hmm. However, that's not real. That doesn't, it's not. It doesn't make sense. If your body's excreting black bile, like, you have a deep problem. It shouldn't, there shouldn't <laughs> be any in there. Bad. It's not like by adding back in a humor, you're going to get rid of the black. I mean, if it, oh. if it fixes it, it's an accident. I found the three humors. He believes in salt, which represents stability, sulfur, which represents combustibility, and mercury represents liquidity. It's basically applying, like, Hogwarts houses to medicine. Yeah. That's what they're doing. There's um, there's something else in here that was hilarious to me. Because I went to, like, uh, what what did he do? Sure. You know? Cause I'm like, what did he do? But what did he, like, do? <laughs> and for Paracelsus, it says, he invented, or at least named a sort of thing. And I'm like, what? You can't just say he <laughs> named it. That doesn't mean he invented it. Uh, he coined He coined it. Yeah. Unless so they're not even sure that he did. Yeah. They're like, I mean, he named it, so, like, maybe he invented it. And I'm like, whatever. Depends on what it is. He didn't do nothing. Just because you name an animal doesn't mean you invented the animal. You're stupid. So, anyway, that's who this guy's into. Yeah. And uh, he experiments with chemicals as well as, like, talismans and astrology and all this. It's fun. Yeah, it's all, it's Um, mostly, like, magic. And with most alchemists, he's interested in finding um, Philosopher's Stone. Mm Mm-hmm. That would transform lead into gold and the elixir of life, which will make people immortal. Yeah. That's their goals. You know. Generally. Small, manageable goals. (laughs) Completely. Um, 
So he tries for eight months. To- <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> to do lead into gold. Yeah. And then he's like, that's, and then he, his first attempt fails. Yeah. It just takes eight months. It takes eight months. Um, wow. And, and then his enemies are like really excited about it because they're like, look, he can't do anything. Um, eight months. But he got a whole bunch of people to invest in him oh, doing it because yeah. he's a sly boy. Yeah. But so now all his creditors are super pissed off. Yeah. And so that's when he gets kicked out of Geisen. <laughs> and he moves to Berlin. Yeah, you gotta go. You and gotta then go. he invents, um, I think you'll find this pretty normal as well. He invents some um, uh, special fancy oil called Dipple's oil. Wow. How did they name it? <laughs> and um, he claims it's the elixir of life. Uh, of course he does. Of course it is. It's like a snake oil. The, yeah, exactly. Because he is a snake. What's in the oil, though? It could be anything. It could be nothing. Um, this is a really popular thing at the time. It's called, uh, it, it says that there's a wave of popularity in um, iatro chemistry, which is alchemy searching for, like, new medications, like elixirs that will cure all the ailments. They're, sure. like, basically looking for a bezor stone, but they've realized that, like, that stone doesn't exist, but maybe if we put the right chemicals together, yeah. we can prevent all the diseases. We can find the cure-all. It's just not a stone. Yes. We were blind. It's probably an oil. It's a potion. A potion. <laughs> but they would never call it that because it's not magic. You got to find a potion. And so he creates dipple oil um, from... So I have a sounding. few different lists of... Things that were probably in it. Okay. But they're basically all the same category, mm-hmm. which is um, charred animal bones, hides, hooves, um, blood or other bodily distilled fluids in iron tubes and other alchemical equipment. Is there um, is there people in it? Is it corpse medicine? We don't know. Okay. Um, it just says animal matter, mm. uh, including leather, blood, ivory, and horns. Okay. Uh, apparently it was dark, thick, and quite smelly, <laughs> according right. to one of my sources. Yeah, I bet. No uh, refrigeration. Another one said the black oil produced, which contains ammonic, which is ammonium, uh, carbonate, came to be known as Dipple's oil. Gross. Uh, if you don't know anything about ammonium carbonate, I have it up real quick to tell you, that, um, it's used as a leavening agent and also a smelling salt. So it smells bad. It smells bad. And a, a, a lot. It smells like a lot. But I'm so amused because it sounds like the thing you try to make when you just, like, put a bunch of stuff. Like, you're in your bathroom and you're like, I feel like a witch today. And you <laughs> yeah. just start putting stuff in a bowl. Oh, 100%. Except you're a madman who has, like, a bunch of animal awful uh-huh. around you. And you're like, this looks like it'll do it. Yeah. I used to I used to mix potions um, with, great. like, the... Uh, the like stuff that was left in dishes yeah. to like make different colors. Love it. So gross. <laughs> Super gross, but, but it It you, makes you feel magical. Yeah, and you're but like he's doing that as an adult. And, and selling it. Right, of course. Um if you add enough hooves in something, surely it will cure something. Yeah. That's you know why people kill rhinos and stuff. But he's like really smart and he's very charismatic, so people do buy it and a lot mm. of people say it makes them feel better. Sure, of course Which it does. Could be, um, you know, a, a placebo effect, mm-hmm. but also perhaps it is because according to what I've read, um, it's supposed to help with fevers, cold, bad nerves, and epilepsy. Um, also, it's a useful insecticide and sheep dip. <laughs> I don't know what sheep, sheep dip. I don't know what sheep dip is. Sheep dip. But I I was too afraid to Google it. 
I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> sheep dip? Sheep dip. You know what it makes me think of? Uh, you know those, like, uh, dipstick, dippy sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it makes me think of. But <laughs> you put, like, a whole sheep in a little bag of sugar, and then you lick it off. Delicious. Sheep dip. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm almost sad I looked it up because, of course, it's not as fun. Oh, yeah. A liquid preparation for cleansing sheep of parasites or preserving their wool uh, or a place where sheep are dipped in liquid preparations. <laughs> dip in the sheep. Skip dip. Oh, it's got a little picture. Oh, cute. Oh, they're in a little hot tub. They're so cute. Oh. Oh, sheepy. <laughs> they're, they're so adorable. There's like, they are legitimately in a hot tub. It's a little hot tub. They are so cute. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. We'll post a picture of sheep. Ah, dip. they're so cute. Anyway, um, but modern scientists have analyzed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what would probably be in it. Sure. And they discovered that it's a powerful muscle stimulant. Oh. So it does do something. <laughs> oh, no. Which, you know. He's, like, giving them steroids. It's impressive because yeah. most um, of these things don't do anything. So when right. people are saying they feel better, they probably do. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. you should not take a lot of muscle stimulants yeah. generally. It's not a good plan. Gives them a little pep in their step. Yeah. So if you take too much of it, you're, it's going to be bad for you. Um, but it's rumored that he sold the idea for Dipple's oil to Count August von Wittgenstein. Mm-hmm. Wittgenstein? He sounds very uh, gullible. Evil? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Evil, gullible, whatever. And that guy proceeded to die only a couple years later. Oh, he took too much. I don't know if it's connected. He's dipping into his own stash. I mean, it says he sold him the idea of it. So okay. he sold him, like, the recipe? Like- I don't know if he sold him any oil. But um, it's dipple oils. They don't really use it anymore. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! But weirdly, um, in the desert campaign for World War II, mm-hmm. they did use it um, because it's so dark and bad smelling that they used it to coat the inside of wells so that the water was undrinkable to dehydrate their enemies. Oh, so they're you're using it as poison. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Basically, that seems like so much work. Just pour salt in there or something. Just like maybe pour. they just had a lot of it still. <laughs> they found like <laughs> like a cave full of jars of it. Two hundred fifty years later, <laughs> it's here, baby. Oh, it's weird that it's only two hundred fifty years later. Basically, it, I mean, if because I'm assuming that he's doing this in like seventeen hundreds. Yeah, it so. was yeah. not that long ago. No. Mm. Um. So he makes a new formula, right? Uh-huh. He perfects it. And this one, he says, is the actual elixir of life. Oh. That one's more of a cure-all. This yeah. is a real life extender. The real deal. And he offers to sell this to Landgrave of Hesse in exchange for Castle Frankenstein. What? Uh, he turns them down. So, For a mortal life? Yeah. How he could, won't sell him a castle. How could you pass up this, this uh, situation? Um, there are some rumors that Dip will perform gruesome experiments on cadavers that he stole from local graveyards. I mean, who among us in the was, 1700s has not? <laughs> he done. was apparently pretty into anatomy, which also is normal at the time. 
And for a lot of the places, it's illegal to do any kind of, like, autopsies on bodies, yes. so you have to do it illegally. In, in like, very religious places, yes. and it sounds like he's in a pretty religious place, and he gets keeps getting, like, in trouble just for preaching something different than what people like. Yeah. Honestly, that's, like, uh, like I don't even care. Like, yeah, it's fine. As long as you're not killing, like, alive people to yeah. do it on, which people have. Definitely. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm mentioning that specifically because it leads into, um, why, why are we talking about him? So why would we be talking about this, uh, doofus, completely full of himself scientist who wants Castle Frankenstein and deals with dead bodies hmm. all the time? It's weird. Anyway. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm still on sheep dip. Yeah. <laughs> still on cute little sheep <laughs> in hot tubs. Still on those little sheepies. But so he, um... He gets really into, um, you know, the idea of eternal life, yeah. which also makes sense for being a theologian, and um, and he gets interested in uh, taking a soul from one body and putting it in another body. That sounds very Christian of him. Yeah. Normal. Uh. Uh, apparently, from what I read, that's also a pretty common alchemical thing to do, to try to do. <laughs> I was going to say, like, really? They did it a lot, huh? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Um, that was apparently a pretty normal experiment. Sure. But a lot of things about Conrad have been um, maybe exaggerated and maybe just, like, pointed out in such a way that makes him look bad. Sure. Historically. Yeah. Um, like, look at this creepo trying to transfer <laughs> souls. When, from what I read, like, a lot of those things are really normal. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. It's like, yeah, but it, like everyone did that. Yeah, like the all, corpse all thing. like alchemy. People doing alchemy. Everyone was reading Paracelsus and Gale. Everyone yeah, was that's normal. Everyone was getting driven out of towns for selling <laughs> yeah. sham oil. Being in, well, and that's not why you got driven out of town. It was, it was mostly it was for the preaching. Yeah, and I mean killing a man. Yeah, probably in a duel. But who hasn't? Who hasn't been in jail for seven years? Come on, seven years. That's Kicked nothing. out of two countries. That's basically like <laughs> uh, community service time, and yeah, for you know late early modern times. And, he, and this, these are things that we know he tried to do because he wrote about it in his um, papers. Mm -hmm. uh, but he specifically tried to move a soul from one corpse to another. Which makes it sound like they're both dead, so I don't know how they sell their souls. Like, where was he getting the souls from? I don't know. Um, but he was trying to do it with a funnel and a hose <laughs> and yeah. a lot of lubricant. Oh, no! Which I don't know what that means. I do. I don't want to know. I know exactly what that means. But I just want you to know that was the idea. <laughs> so if you want to try your soul transferal experiments that's, with Dipple's original plan. That's amazing. You're going to need a hose. <laughs> you need a funnel. Funnels. You're going to need a lubricant. A lot of lubricant. Two corpses. Two. Where is the soul? I don't know. Is it his own soul? Why does he need two corpses? There's a lot of questions here. Does he think souls don't leave bodies? Right, because he is Christian. So, like... Presumably, Lutheran. you think they'd leave. Uh, I mean... Luth I think that's the normal approach or or do they stay around for a while until like a certain number of days pass i, I not that uh, i know of anything about that in christianity or does like a priest have to do something before it leaves I don't think i'm so. very curious about like people at the time who are very christian who are looking for immortality because doesn't that kind of like so do you just kind of hang around and tell the coming of the lord like what it isn't really yeah. forever is it it's strange i agree 
And don't you presume that if you have had a good life that when you die you get eternal life anyway? Like, don't you want to go to heaven, though? I think most people who were into alchemy weren't religious. Yeah. So that's where it's weird with him because he's both. Which seems yeah. strange. Which I don't know if that means, like, later on, he when he started doing alchemy, he, like, got less into religion and didn't actually believe it. Right. Or if he just was, like, curious if it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then trying to figure out how that fits in. Because he's such a smart boy. He has to he crack He can figure it. everything he's out. He's going to crack the code. Crack the code. He also claimed to have invented the, an elixir of life, of course. Yeah. And a way of exercising demons with a potion made of boiled animal bones. And a lot of lube. And he uh, that's <laughs> he wrote about that in a paper called "In Maladies and Remedies of the Life of the Flesh." That he sounds... was like, "I can get demons out." <laughs> that's the name of my next. I got <laughs> I got this potion with animal bones. I can mm. get out demons. You know, you can make a potion out of any kind of animal bone. That's kind of fun though, because like that's kind of feels like a combo. Yeah, of the theology good, and the alchemy good mix. Yeah, he's like, you've got demons in you, but we don't have to go to a priest to exercise them. Just take this drink. <laughs> Just go down to Bob's exorcism, <laughs> Dipple's exorcism. Um, oh, terrible! His his main contribution mm-hmm. to history. History, besides what we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> the, is, the big mystery that we can't um, figure out. He and a friend of his discovered Prussian blue. Which is a big deal. It is. It's and a big deal. Yeah, you probably already know, but I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, tell, tell, tell us, tell the li- listeners. So Prussian blue is a pigment. I learned from a paper that I'm going to read some of to you, <laughs> or not paper, but a, an article, that um, a pigment is the powder form and a dye is the liquid form. Oh, I didn't know that. So pigment you add water to or whatever liquid, and then you put the thing in it to dye it, and it's the dye, but the pigment is the powder. Oh, cool. So they discover Prussia Blue, which is a pigment, um, and uh, <laughs> that was they discovered it on accident yeah. with use of his oil. So one of my articles <laughs> says, so it wasn't totally useless. <laughs> that It's so fun how often people during this time – Discover things by accident, just because they're mixing yep. so many weird things together. Right. After but, you have to admit something. And the impressive thing is that they are able to figure out why it happens through yeah. experimentation. So they are, like, doing it intelligently once the thing happens. Mm-hmm. Like, they always, once the mistake happens or the, like, accident or whatever, they um, they go back and figure it out, like, mm-hmm. like scientifically. Yeah. So it's like, good job, like, that you're doing that. You you're did. not just like, oh, it works. <laughs> you figured out how to replicate it. But, um, yeah, a lot of stuff's happened by accident because we've just never mixed those things together before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no one in their right mind would ever mix those together. At some point, we should do a longer history of uh, blue <laughs> because it is very interesting. Yeah. But basically, um, in ancient times, they had a blue pigment that they used, which we know because they have, like, cave paintings or, like... Um, like Egyptian, yeah, you know, it's, it's pictograms still and stuff on the wall, and it's still blue. Yeah, so we can tell that it's blue. And then at some point during, like, before the Middle Ages, um, they lost how to do it. Mm. Like they they stopped communicating with people who knew how to do it. I think. Yeah. And then people in Europe didn't know how to do it anymore. People in Europe forgot how to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then in other countries, like, I don't think in East Asian countries they ever knew how to do blue. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had the same materials that they had in, like, Egypt and Greece and stuff. Sure. And so um, 
people are really obsessed with getting a blue pigment, and it's really hard to get, mm-hmm. like, one that's effective and, like, bright. It, it gets really, like, dark and murky most of the time. Yeah. And so in the uh, in the Renaissance, they figured out you could do it with lapis lazuli, which mm-hmm. if you play uh, Minecraft, <laughs> you know about. You've heard yeah. the name. If you watch Steven Universe, you know. However, lapis lazuli is extremely expensive. Yeah, because it's like a precious stone. Yes, it's a gem. And so um, people in the Renaissance would make paintings with it just to use it because then they'd be expensive. Mm-hmm. So then still like... People who are like average Joe artists and common folk can't use it. Right. And they just can't get that blue. And everybody yeah. wants that blue. It's like painting with diamonds. Pretty, pretty blue. It's amazing. It is. And, and it's so, beautiful color. Yeah. Too. And people wouldn't even care what the painting looked like. They just wanted one that had the blue in it because that proved that they're wealthy. Just mm-hmm. like pineapples just will like in the future. <laughs> Listen to our episode on pineapples <laughs> and understand why that makes you rich. Mm-hmm. And so um, people were really into blue, and they really want a good blue. And even this is into the 1700s. Yeah. They don't have a good blue, <laughs> which is, like, weird to think about. We sh- yeah, we should do, like, a series of, like, colors. that will be fun. Because I know green has a really interesting history. Purple Orange. does. Orange has, yeah. Purple's yep. wonderful. Orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should just do all the colors. I agree. Anyway, but this is brief blue right now. Brief blue. So... When they accidentally create Prussian blue, um, both of the dudes are real excited. Hell yeah. <laughs> because they're all about making that money. They just... And that's like cracking the secret <laughs> code they did it. to all the money. Mm-hmm. And frickin' Conrad's like, now I can buy Castle Frankenstein. Because <laughs> that's all I care about. I can buy anything I want now. <laughs> so basically, they're in the lab. Uh, it's him and Johann Jacob Dysbach. Mm-hmm. But also in a different source, I had his name as something different. But it was still Dicebox, so it doesn't matter. Dicebox. Um, and so Dicebox coming over, and he's trying to produce uh, cochineal red dyes. Okay. That's, like, what he's up to. Yeah. But he uses some of Dipple's things. He doesn't know are contaminated with Dipple's oil. Oh. So he's using, like, those same tools. Interesting. Because they're doing it in the same space. I don't know. That's not mm-hmm. smart science, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. To be buddies. They, uh, they're they bros, care. so they're sciencing together. Yeah. And so he uses some of that, and it has um, some potassium carbonate in it because of whatever he's mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And so when he puts it in um, to the concoction he already has, it turns bright blue Whoa. instead of red, which is what he was looking for. That is, like, the perfect image of, like, magic in the lab. Yeah. Something turning colors radically. And so he's like, whoa. And, <laughs> and not only, like, whoa, because that's not what I wanted, but mm-hmm. whoa, because that's actually exactly what I want. Yeah. I really want this blue. And so, um, to his credit, uh, Conrad Dipple helps him figure out what, what, like, the science behind why that happened. Mm-hmm. So they're able to reproduce it. Uh, and I think, it, from what I read, he seems like the main dude who's like, this is how we figure it out. We're going to mm-hmm. do some experiments, and we'll figure out what it was. Yeah. For all the bluster, actually a smart boy. Yeah. Uh, originally, it's called Berlin Blue, because that's where they figure, that's where they discover it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets called Prussian Blue later, because Prussians, um, just to show how rich and fancy they are, decide to use that color for their uniforms, for their yeah. military. So they dye all their uniforms, and then they're fancy. Isn't that interesting? Because, like, a lot of uniforms these days are blue. Sure. But, uh, but back then... Back then, that's... It, was, it cost cash money. That's, like, a very fancy uniform. You're showing that your country is rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they, 
founded a factory in Paris together to produce it. And then um, they're just pumping out that blue. Mm-hmm. Everybody want that blue, though. And um, weirdly, <laughs> the so people in Europe are, like, pretty into it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know about it. Because it's not, like, there's not, a, like, an easy way for you to, like, put it in a paper that everyone's going to get in Europe. Yeah, there's or no, like a, no Twitter. No, there's no, there's no, like, major way to disseminate information to a lot of countries yeah. easily. And so a lot of people don't know about it, even artists still, you know, mm-hmm. even after they're producing it. So they're, you know, trying to get it out to people, but it's not the easiest thing to do. And so... Um, but but somehow, even though lots of people in Europe don't know what's going on, um, people in Japan hear about it, hmm. and they're very very excited because they I don't think they've ever had blue. Yeah. So they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Blew us up. And so um, there's a famous painting by uh, I'm sorry Japanese <laughs> by um, Katsushika Hokusai um, who. It's the wave painting. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen the wave painting. Um, that's got that Prussian blue in it, girl. That's mm-hmm. what the blue is. Prussian it's a blue. Good blue. It's a very good blue. Also, it's a very good uh, example of what someone paints as soon as they get their hands on blue. <laughs> yeah. Blue waves Mount Fuji. That's what's it's, up. It's snowing on Mount Fuji. Uh, it is always snowing on Mount Fuji. <laughs> and so uh, the, he paints that painting and freaking, in case you're wondering like why it's a big deal, that's part of why it's a big deal because mm-hmm. the blue. Which I don't think a lot of people know anymore. They're just yeah. like, it's pretty. And it's I'm just, like, it's very pretty. It's just iconic now. But it's the blue. It's the blue. But the weird thing is that Europe at the time is like way into Japanese art. Mm-hmm. They're all weeaboos. They're, there's a really fun artists. interchange between the two. Yeah. And so people see that painting with the blue mm-hmm. and they go, holy crap, <laughs> how do we get the blue? Get me on this blue train. <laughs> right. Uh Katsushika uh, Hokusai, or Hokusai, mm-hmm. syllables, mm-hmm. Hokusai, um, he also does 36 views of Mount Fuji, uh, which is a series he does, just from, like, different angles. Uh, all, all also have the blue in them, Prussian blue. And so people start seeing that, like, Van Gogh, and yeah. he's like, I need me some of that blue, though. And they start calling it, um, I have to look. Um, Hiroshige blue because okay. they think it's from Japan. Oh, yeah. So they're like, yeah, the blue. Um, and Monet sees it and it's like, yeah, blue. <laughs> Those Japanese have got it. Way into it. Yeah. Um, because they don't know they have it, I guess. Um, and, and those, and those are artists in like the 1800s. Yeah. And they see that blue and they're like, whoa. And I'm like, whoa, girl. Whoa, girl. You done had that for 150 years. He went and blew himself. <laughs> But um, Van Gogh uses Prussian blue in Starry Night. Yeah. It's there be- you go. Beautiful. Very blue. Very blue. If you think about it, you're like, mm, it's blue. If it's nice, after 1700s nice and it's blue, Prussian blue. It's blue. <laughs> it's blue. Double D, double die. <laughs> but yeah, sometime we should, we should talk more about blue. But anyway, that's what he does. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Great. And that makes him the cash money because people aren't just using it in... Uh, paintings, which is making them quite a bit of money because people will pay a lot of money for blue. Yeah. Uh, but they're also using it in, like, the, you know, Prussian uniforms. That's going to cost them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, blueprints, photography, and um, lots of daily products like ink and clothing. 
Yeah. They start everything. Putting, everything. Blew it up. Yeah. It's blowing up. Uh, Prussian blue also, weirdly, um, helps you detect metal poisoning. Hmm. It does a lot of weird extra stuff. Yes. And they still use it today specifically to detect lead poisoning. Yeah. Like I was telling you, it's like it's used in the either the synthesis or it's actually in the product of like the uh, poisons they used in the gas chambers in the Holocaust. Yeah. It's uh, it's everywhere. <laughs> really diverse. Very diverse. And and in some ways it feels so appropriate that Conrad Dippel is the one who helps discover that since he's like in all these weird fields all around. <laughs> yeah. And that it's like, and that he's so into alchemy, which is like cure-all, like a thing that does a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And he actually found one. Right. Like he, in a way, he is immortal now. That's kind of magical. Everything that Blue touches is his kingdom. <laughs> him. Is his kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not named after him. <laughs> But now you know, listeners. Depressing. Blue depression. His blue Also, period. I don't know why I put this in this order, but also he apparently used to grave rob. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how are you going to get the bodies? It's true. Um, Where would you get a body? On the flow. Let the bodies <laughs> hit the flow. <laughs> on the flow. On the flow. Like a mortuary? I mean, it's not illegal. There's no mortuaries. I mean, you're not allowed to just take them. I know. I just get them before they buried them, hopefully. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not grave robbing. I'm just like. <laughs> You're like skirting it in a legality <laughs> sense. It's not grave robbing they're not if they're in not. the grave. They're not in the grave. I just don't want to dig a hole. <laughs> you just don't want they're to. They're so far down and it's, it takes forever. Okay. So you, Whenever have, people who have murdered people talk about how they had to dig the hole, it's like, dude, that had to take you hours. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not about that physical labor. <laughs> I'm not about that life, girl. <laughs> I can't dig a hole. In holes, it's like, this is the worst punishment you could ask. Mm -hmm. Just dig holes. And then you got to climb out of the hole. I never get out of the hole. I'm kind of chubby, and, like, Stanley talks about being fat and climbing out, (laughs) and it's hard. Uh, That's the only thing I don't like about the movie version is that it was Shia LaBeouf, and he's not fat. Shia the Beef? Yeah. Like, he's, he's a great actor in that, but he's not fat, and, like, Stanley was fat. Right. And that's part of his struggle. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you took, this is. <laughs> the Chubb Strug is. is fat phobic. <laughs> taken out. What about the Chubb Strug? <laughs> you did really well. I was, I was waiting for Chubb Strub, but you did Strug. <laughs> I'm dedicated. I'm proud of you. Um, so Conrad dies. But how does he die, Haley? I murdered him. <laughs> I went back in time. <laughs> um, in 1734, he was living in Wittgenstein Castle. Oh, wait, did. Did he finally put his soul into a cadaver? <laughs> Maybe. With uh, a funnel? And lube. And lube. <laughs> and a hose. And a hose. Um, <laughs> Why are there two bodies? We still don't know. And the hose. Because actually there's three bodies involved if you put your soul into one of them. Right, but maybe he did. Maybe that's how he figured out eternal life. Yeah, he's still around. He's still walking around somewhere. He's like, I invented this. A Prussian blue is me. If you ever hear, if you ever see like a weirdo who's like, I invented blue. <laughs> that's him. Uh, that's him. If, even if he's like a crazy old homeless man, that's Conrad Dippel. You found Conrad Dippel. You did it. He's living on the street eating um, old sandwiches. But yeah, he's living in Wittgenstein Castle. He's doing experiments still about the elixir of life because he apparently not really nailed it down yet. Um, some people think he died of a stroke. Okay. Um, that's the boring one. Yeah, I don't care for that. Some of his friends think he was poisoned. Sure. Um, my favorite quote about that, actually, there's two that are really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says, although his friends claimed he was poisoned by his own hand or that of another, it is unclear. 
Who knows? And then the even better one, that these rumors even exist, <laughs> goes some way of showing just how unpopular Dipple was. It's like, he could have, maybe he was testing on himself, maybe someone yeah. killed him. They're both very likely. Plausible. <laughs> They're plausible. Um, also, I want to let you know that there was a lot of rumors about him and about how he sold his soul to the devil for, like, knowledge. Oh, sure. And all those kinds of things. Um, and he didn't deny any of them, presumably because he was trying to make money. And if people yeah. thought he had secret knowledge because he sold his soul, they're going to buy stuff from him. He's a salesman, and it's good publicity. What, exactly. All publicity is good publicity. But so because of like like that and other things, there are lots of rumors about yeah. him that are uh, unsubstantiated, we including could. things like grave robbing. We're not sure he did. We Although we know he had corpses, and how else did he get them? We couldn't substantiate that he sold his soul to the devil. <laughs> no. How sad would that be if like there was like... <laughs> if you could. <laughs> it was like... I'll take your soul. What do you want? It's like, I want blue. <laughs> can I have blue? <laughs> it's like, or he's like, can I have green? It's like, no, green's no. taken by someone later. Uh, yeah. You can have blue. Do you want blue? Uh, sure, I'll take blue. It's like, blue sounds like it'll make a lot of money, and mm. devil's like, yeah. Will I be, like, super rich from blue? It's like, yeah, probably. I mean, until you die, and then I get you come to hell. It's like, and no, it's like, fine. Okay, yeah. I wasn't using it. He did it secretly. He's like, I'm going to I'm gonna funnel into a corpse. You're never going to find <laughs> You're it. You're never getting me. <laughs> I found the secret to life. It's like, like a shell account game. I guess game. if you, yeah, but once he sells his soul to the devil, he can't put it in another body. <gasps> like it, then there's three soulless bodies. No, there's three soulless bodies. <laughs> you the next got less souls than before. <laughs> the next, the next alchemist is like, what, what? <gasps> oh, but um, there's another version of his death that mm-hmm. I like the best because it's the funniest. Yes. Um. There's one that says he ingested Prussian blue dye, mm-hmm. thinking that it would extend his life, which is interesting to me because I don't know if it's during his life or after when they learn that it can detect poison, mm-hmm. like metal poison. But the ideals of the time are such that if it is during that time, I would understand why he would take a whole bunch, sure. maybe thinking that it was a cure-all. The logic checks out. Right. Like, it does do something medical. So, like, if I ingest a whole bunch of anti-poison, maybe I'm poison-proof. Yeah. Which instead becomes the poison. <laughs> if you have too much of anything, it's bad. Right. Which I was thinking about you, you know, like, saying it's all about dosage, because I've heard yeah. you say that many times. It's all about And dosage. you know where I saw who or someone say that quote? Uh, where? When I was reading Paracelsus's <laughs> wiki page. <laughs> there it is. He said that, apparently. Mm. And I'm sure lots of people have said that, but he's, at least it's uh, attributed to him on his page. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it says a lot about what he was up to in his life. Because it's the all only, about the dosage, The only baby. people who care about dosages are pharmaceutical people and poisoners. Hi. <laughs> um... So they think he drank a whole bunch of Prussian blue and thought it would extend his life, and instead he poisoned himself, and when they found his body, he had turned entirely blue. He he is the one who really blew himself. He's the first member of Blue Man Group ever. He, he's like a, that, that girl who turns into a blueberry in Willy Wonka. Yeah. But or like Mystique. He's Mystique. He's got that Mystique. Mm, it's like, oh, girl. Oh, you blue, girl. You blue. But you can be anything. You entered your blue period. Put your soul into someone else and you can be anybody. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm glad he's dead. We so are he, disrespecting he, his memory so hard. <laughs> he might not be dead. 
<laughs> he's not. He's homeless. We established. <laughs> we already established this. Mm-hmm. He apparently before he died, he published a pamphlet claiming that he invent he did figure out the elixir of life and it would allow him to live until age 135. How ironic! But he died the next year. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh mm. no. So how, um, how embarrassing for you. I think it's going to be really surprising to you, Haley. Yeah. But people think that Mary Shelley might have based Dr. Frankenstein on him. I don't see it. That he it's, could be Victor Frankenstein. Mm, I don't see it. It's weird. <laughs> it sounds a little weird. Oh, did I mention earlier that he did get a <laughs> medical degree? When? How? Know. After he got a theology degree, he got a medical degree. I bet he stole it. In like he invented physiology it. or something. I mean, it makes sense. So he, and he would go by the name Frankenstein. So he is kind of Dr. Frankenstein, huh? Yeah, I mean, he sounds like it. Completely insufferable. <laughs> Completely. The fates. Why have they done this to me? <laughs> Why am I being persecuted? Just because I defied God. <laughs> and I, it, it's not my fault. I needed the hoses and the funnel and the lube and the second body. My favorite so I love Frankenstein, the mm-hmm. book, a lot. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> like, there are parts of it that are stupid where I'm like, clearly this was Percy, Percy Shelley telling Mary that she needed to put in more stuff about nature. And I'm like, I don't care, Percy. Mm-hmm. Shut up. It's so boring listening to him. But, like, but now that I think about it, the parts where he's, like, waxing poetically about, like, this scenery is, like, talking about his college. Mm-hmm. And freaking Conrad's yeah. obsessed with his college. Yeah. So I'm like, mm-hmm. But um, it's so boring. But then when you get to, like, the actual parts of things happening, they're yeah. very exciting. Franken, like, Frankenstein's monster is super interesting. He's mm-hmm. so smart and, like, capable. And I hate how the movies portray him because he's always an idiot and just, like, destructive. Yeah. And Frankenstein is so interesting. Or Frankenstein's monster is so interesting running around being, like, what am I and wh- where do I belong? Asking a whole bunch of, like, really interesting philosophical questions. Yeah. And, like, coming to interesting conclusions, too. And making good arguments, whereas Victor is just crying in a corner the whole time. And he's like, why did fate do this to me? And it's so annoying because you're like, you did this to you. You You made the monster. You pure emo bee. And then when the monster's like, hey, can you make me a wife and I'll go live peacefully? He's like, oh, but then he's also like, maybe. But maybe. I mean, I could do that. I could. But then later he's like, why does this keep happening to me? And I'm like, everything everything is your own fault. (coughs) You did it. Your actions created consequences. Yeah. So Victor is infuriating, but the book is lovely. I I am so indebted to Frankenstein the book. It got me through so many different courses. Yeah. Because there's so many different ways to analyze it. Yes. Just from a literature point of view. 100%. It never fails me. It's amazing. I love Mary Shelley. But the question becomes, oh, could it be about Conrad Dippel? Uh, sure. Does Mary Shelley know, or could she know about Conrad Dippel, is the question. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, some people think no. Oh, why? Why, why no? Why is uh, it utterly impossible well, that she could ever know? Well, before we move on, they think he, he could be Dr. Frankenstein, which is 100% real and fair. Or also, I should say also, that he could be um, the inspiration for Faust as well. Sure. Which we did talk about him selling a soul to the devil and being a scientist, mm-hmm. so possible. But 
uh, I feel like there's a lot less evidence. Oh, I haven't read Faust, so like I don't know everything about it, but I don't feel like Faust is super similar to Conrad's life, whereas like Frankenstein and like almost everything I mentioned is and, very and similar. The idea of like a man of learning giving up his soul to the devil is not like a single one-off thing that happened to yes. one dude. Right, of course. That's a it's a famous It's a good trope. Trope in literature. Yeah. Agreed. Um I have a long quote. It has been suggested that Mary Wallenstone Craft Godwin. Ooh, you know they're serious when they use that full name. That, maybe. that like you're in trouble middle name. Yeah. <laughs> Wallstone Craft is her middle name. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but she visited Franken- or Castle Frankenstein with her husband Percy Bish Shelley. Bish <laughs> Bish <laughs> Percy Bish Shelley. Uh, when she was traveling along the Rhine, it is indeed possible that she, while she was there, she heard stories about the infamous Dipple from locals and sub- subsequently based the character of Frankenstein on him or at least used local tales for inspiration in her writing. So these people are claiming that she has visited Castle Frankenstein. Other sources I read claim that she never went to Castle Frankenstein. Uh, and one of them said, but, like, maybe she learned about it on this journey where she was on a boat from somebody who had been to Castle Frankenstein. And I'm like, either way, it's entirely possible she's heard of him. And not only that, I mean, but, didn't like... Didn't he just, like, publish a whole lot? Why did she even have he to has, go... Yeah, he has works that he's published. Yeah. And not only that, but um, this is the time when people have, like, regular salons to just, like, discuss yeah. stuff. And I know that he, like, she, she's writing... These things, like she, she's like late seventeen hundreds, right? Um, when she writes like she, early it's, la- it's later than that, yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, so I think that's part of why it's like a hundred years maybe after he died that she's writing things, and mm-hmm. she writes it when she's pretty young. Mm-hmm. So then maybe they're like, well, how does she know about him? But she's so in touch with like current events and yes. science in she's general. Extremely intellectual. We and like we talked about travel. how she like was probably also inspired by like galvanism when we talked yes. about like the dancing frogs and like right. electricity is yes. now a thing. Right. So she's she's not an idiot, and no. her mother was like super smart as well. She comes from right. a very educated background, one hundred percent. So there's no reason that she wouldn't. But a lot of people are claiming couldn't possibly, and I'm just like, you can't prove That's, a negative, dude. That is a very strong stance. Prove for it to me. We don't know. And there's just like logically, there's so many things that like overlap with him and with her story that it feels almost just impossible that he, she couldn't have known about him at least a little bit, like the. If he lived and was named and was not involved with anything to do with the word Frankenstein, yes, be like, I mean, you know, there's That's some pretty coinc- typical alchemical some stuff. coincidences, but like Castle Frankenstein, that's like his thing, yeah, and, and then, he's trying to do the Frankenstein things, um, so you know, mm-hmm. at some point, it's like, yeah, that's a really weird coincidence. I agree, if it ain't true, it's strange. Hmm. Um, anyway, just so you know about, to end here, Castle Frankenstein still exists? Barely. Barely. It is two towers, a <laughs> restaurant, and a chapel. A restaurant and a chapel. Yeah. What are they, what's the restaurant like? I don't know. Good reviews on Yelp? That's all I know. Do they sell a lot of brains? Probably. <laughs> corpses? Delicious. Also, I love that you did a Frankenstein thing because she started writing that story as like... 
spoopy. Uh, it's like a spoopy, scary, and Laura Byron's like, we should all do like spoopy ghost stories yeah. to each other. Yeah. So it's like even more appropriate. And then she created the horror genre. Yeah. And then she created a whole genre. Suck it. And she became immortal. Yeah. And the rest of you just are. And Percy Shelley just writes a lot about <laughs> freaking mountains and waterfalls. Uh, it's not good. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Uh, but apparently there's an annual party. Um, oh, so this is the weird thing to me. So American soldiers were stationed because uh, in Germany. Yeah. Um, in World War II. Yeah. Of course. A- absolutely. Anytime they could possibly be there. Yeah. They've been stationed um, there. And they had been stationed near the castle during World War II. Okay. And so um, until 2008, uh, there was a U.S. Army's... Uh, 233rd Base Support Battalion in Darmstadt. It's so weird to me how long U.S. bases hang around. We have lots of bases in Germany. It's, yeah, a lot. Yeah. They're just chilling. They're just chilling. We don't have any problems with Germany anymore, so we just hang out. Uh, I have a friend who, like, went to teach on a German army base. I've wanted to do that. Yeah, it's cool. Oh and she brought us back, like, really good chocolate. It was great. <laughs> they know how to do their <laughs> chocolate. But um, in Darmstadt, they... Apparently conducted an annual Frankenstein Castle run, <laughs> Cute. which finished at the tower. Yeah, and they did that until two thousand eight. I don't know when they started. Hmm. I guess during World War Two, when they got there, <laughs> they used to have to run. Yeah, and then they did it for fun. <laughs> it didn't start out as a fun run. It started out as a let's not die run. But uh, it ended up there. Cool. And it was weird to me how often World War Two came up in this story. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, okay, we don't talk about the war. Except all the time yeah. we talk about the war. Well, and just, like, how relevant, like, the oil was, how relevant Prussian blue is, how relevant the That's castle true. is. That's true. It's very strange. <laughs> Even the use of the chambers. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> how unfortunate. But there you go. The real-life <sighs> Frankenstein. Ooh. Ooh. Scary. Spoopy, sparry, Corpses and funnels. <laughs> And lots of lubricant. <laughs> Muscle stimulants. <laughs> Blue. Blue. <laughs> I know it wasn't that scary. <laughs> no, it was great. To talk about Conrad. <laughs> but I thought he was funny. And, you know, it's scary adjacent. It's like Where were those hoses going? <laughs> That's Alexis. the scary part. Where did they go? <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. Where, when will the jazz end? <laughs> Where is Conrad now? In someone's body. His someone's, soul. Someone's poor body. He's ranting to someone about how he invented a color. No one believes <laughs> He's it. He's everyone's grandpa. <laughs> yep. My favorite thing would be if he could only get into the bodies of old people because yeah. their souls are already going to go. <laughs> They're they're, so they're he's uh, always your grandpa. They're very loosely tethered to he their bodies. Can only be grandpas. Yeah. Right, because they're so close. They're ready to, that, to go. To that sweet, sweet passing on. <laughs> they're just waiting for the revolving door to open for that them. That he can just slip in. <laughs> Slips in. And that's like when your grandpa <laughs> when your grandpa dies mm-hmm. and then he wakes back up. Oh, no. It's Conrad. <laughs> that's Conrad. It's like, beep, for like, a, like a, a minute and then it's like, <clears throat> bloop, bloop. So if you've Conrad. had a... An older acquaintance or relative wake up and suddenly they're obsessed with a new color. Yeah, blue. Uh, think again. Mm-hmm. Get out the salt. Could it be the soul of someone else? Ask them if they've ever made any oil. 
Ask them where they were born <laughs> or if they know anything about Frankenstein. Ask them about their uh, their education growing up, their childhood. If they have a German accent suddenly. Mm-hmm. Suddenly their accent changes. These are all signs of a uh, possession by Conrad Dimple. Show Dimple. <laughs> Dimple. Dimple. Show them a <laughs> recipe, and if they want to make a cookbook immediately, that's him. And they don't call it a cookbook. They call it a cookery. Cookery book? Do you want oh, a cookery book? Foiled again, Conrad. Mm. I see you, Conrad. Be gone. Be oh. gone from this plane. Also, real quick, I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. um, I've been watching... Great British Bake Off. Yes. And they had a challenge where they had to do Victorian cakes or, or Victorian food. And they did one that was like a, a they had to do a game pie. Uh-huh. And somebody put in like Indian spices in their game pie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's fine, except then immediately they were like, I can't taste the game meat. I only taste spices. And I'm like, that's the point of game pie, dude. You ruined it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But someone, I was so proud of them, and, and I think it was Matt, and I, like, don't, I didn't think of him as, like, a contender, really. Mm-hmm. Like, he was okay, but he's not, like, amazing. Yeah, you can kind of tell. Yeah. He's going to go eventually. And um, he actually brought in a tin that was, like, from the, like, uh, 18th I or 19th century. I love it when they do that. I think I've seen that episode. Yeah. yeah. It was, and, like, a real legit one. They're and, like, and that's, his pie, a, that's a real, that's a real tin. Right. And his pie was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good job. This is why you won that episode. Good job. Because I think he won that, like, challenge. So I was yeah. like, look at you, boy. But anyway, there's the, my Great British Bake Off complaint. <laughs> And uh, now I'm watching. I'm, now I'm on the season with the one where the guy does the Da Vinci pies. Yeah, for the tutors. Yeah, woohoo! Because I know. only watched that one episode. But I didn't watch the whole season because <laughs> Alyssa was watching it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Alyssa, also mm, uh, yes. Alyssa, my other roommate. I have three, so my my second roommate. Mm-hmm. I don't second know, roommates. I don't know why I'm ranking them. <laughs> they're not ranked. Not they're ranked. just numbered. Yeah. Haley's the one you know about, so yes. she's number one. I'm number one. Number two is Alyssa, because I just mentioned her, and then Kate. But anyway, uh, I love them all equally. Mm-hmm. But I'm number one, but yeah, it's, but whatever. It's all the same to Alexis. <laughs> You've known me the longest, but whatever. It's no big. But um, Alyssa and I are both really into horror movies, and we've been doing this thing this year uh, that we're calling the Screamy Awards, where we watch all of the horror movies that come out this year, which is like... It's a lot. 120-ish and we've watched, like, almost 80 of them. So, and some of them haven't come out yet, so we don't know if they're coming out this year. So that's pretty good. But um, we are planning on starting a podcast at the beginning of next year, and we're going to, like, explain to you, like, what's, you know, going on with, like, what we're doing and, like, why we like horror movies, and basically just going to talk about the horror movies as we watch them, like, every single one that comes out that we can get our hands on. Yeah. So um, you should join us for that. It's going to be the Screamies podcast. I'll post about it on our page. And if you like hearing me babble about things that I like, I really like horror movies. So you should listen to that, too. And Alyssa is super cool. She's great. uh, You'll love her. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. And Screamies has a Facebook already. Yes. But we'll we'll let you know when the podcast drops. When it drops. Drop the bass. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the podcast room will be for two podcasts. Whoa. Mm. It's getting crazy. Whoa! Also, you should email us at hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Do it. You can review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Probably. Yeah. Tell us, uh, tell other people about us. Yeah. Tell your friends. And I hope you enjoyed this episode about Frankenstein. I hope it was kind of spooky. 
Spoopy. Ooh. Sheep dip. Sheep dip. And um, <laughs> stay safe. Stay frosty. Mm, stay frosty, gang. Ooh. Ooh, stay frosty. Dress up as Conrad Dipple for <laughs> Halloween. You were like, I don't know, you're some kind of douchebag. Wear and that Prussian blue. You're oily. There's Wear that Prussian blue. hooves on you. Sell them some oil. I, are you a homeless person? Is grandpa? Drink the blue and die. No, I'm Conrad. I invented blue. Johan Conrad Dipple. <laughs> I'm a polyp. And then you you lower your gra- glasses and you're like, or or you say, or as my... Uh, my published name is, and you pull it down, <laughs> and you're like, Christiantus Democritus. You may have read my work. My 70 works before I was banned from publishing anymore. <laughs> Never heard of you. Really? I'm not allowed to go to Sweden or Russia. <laughs> Even in Still, my new life. To these day. Yeah. They won't let me in. <laughs> it's like you physically can't get in, even in a new body. They, they uh, blessed the ground, <laughs> and now we can't enter. Anyway, bye. Bye, 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 bye.